to the Beer Healer Interviews. I am your host, Chris Lukinenko, and I scour this big brand land of ours, looking under fermenters and behind mash tuns to find the best beer stories to share with you. The Beer Healer Interviews is now available on all major podcast services. If you like the show and want to help out, can I ask you to simply rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast service. Just leave a few words and a rating and the podcast gods will do the rest. By doing this, you'll help others to discover the show more easily and hopefully get more people interested in this great industry that we call craft beer. On the 29th of April, 1770, in Botany Bay, it was the site of James Cook's first landing of the HMS Endeavour on the landmass of Australia after his extensive navigation of New Zealand. Later, the British planned Botany Bay as the site for a penal colony. One of these plans came the first European habitation of Australia at Sydney Cove. History lesson over. Let's fast forward 250 odd years and let's talk about beer. In 2019, husband and wife duo Clay Grant and Meg Barbic opened up Botany's first brewery, One Drop Brewing Co. 2019 is also Botany's postcode apparently for those playing along at home. Throw in head brewer Nick Calder-Scholes from New Zealand and you have a trio ready to take on the craft beer world. And the best bit is that I have all three of them on the line with me today. Tell me all about One Drop. So welcome to the Beer Healer interviews, Clay, Meg and Nick. Notice that silence there? That is technology at its finest. Once again, my recording software has let me down. Full transparency here. Clay, Nick and Meg joined me for a great conversation last week and you will get to hear the majority of the interview, but it's kind of missing four or five minutes from the introduction. So what I think I'll do is summarise it for you the best I can and then I'll throw you back over into the rest of the interview. I've been chasing One Drop for a while now and I'm pretty stoked to be able to bring this one to you because the One Drop trio are absolutely ripping people with a great story to tell. And I've got to give a shout out to Luke from Deep Creek Brewing for setting up this chat, by the way. You won't hear their reaction to my introduction, which is a shame, because there was a lot of very excited hooting and hollering from all of them, giggles from Meg and fist pumps from Clay. And to say that Nick was excited, that's a bloody understatement. Okay, I'm taking the piss, just because I can. So, One Drop is actually named after the classic reggae beat that was made famous by Bob Marley's drummer. The One Drop was featured in classic songs such as No Woman, No Cry, Get Up, Stand Up, and I Shot the Sheriff, and many, many more. But the One Drop team is taking more than the music into their brewery's mantra. It's peace and love and inclusivity that drives everything that they do, and I reckon it's pretty bloody cool. So that's kind of the background in a nutshell of our first couple of minutes of the chat. I'll throw you over to the interview now, where the guys start to talk about what this means in terms of the venue and their beers and everything else. Enjoy the chat. So everybody's welcome at the venue, kids, dogs, families, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's a pretty inclusive place. Um, we get a lot of the older crowd as well as a lot of younger people. So, yeah, it's a good range of people that come through. Yeah, nice. I'm just wondering, did you ever consider taking that whole reggae influence to the next level and, I don't know, maybe naming the beers after, you know, influential reggae singers or, or famous songs or something like that? Was that ever a consideration? Yeah, there was, but I think it was more we didn't want to go fully down that road. Um, yeah, and I guess the names of the beers, uh, some of the names that we've chosen are sort of related, like they're related in terms of life and, and our own journey. 
Do you think if you had gone down that road, it would have been a little bit, I don't know, kitsch or something like that? Yeah, maybe a bit too much. Yeah. That's okay. Um, we were definitely going for the, the subtle reggae feel, but I guess just hi- highlighting that. But it's very inclusive. The venue's very inclusive. Um, reggae in itself, anyone can listen to it. And every, like I believe everyone does. Um, to some extent. Do you ever try and drop in a really cheeky, you know, like a deep cut reference to a, like a B-side of Bob Marley or anything like that just for the real reggae nerds? Uh, now and again, we'll stick something under the can or, yeah, um, you know, just have a bit of fun like that. I love that. I love that idea just so that the real reggae nerds can get, you know, they're like, yeah, they feel like they're in yeah. on something. I've got a friend, I've got a friend, um, <clears throat> Ray, who plays in the band called Subtribe, and we released our first double take last year, the Blueberry Sour, and I think we stuck his um, Spotify. his Spotify uh, playlist under there. Oh, nice. For those people who had a look under there, um, there was a record. QR code or something, did you? No, it was just the basic, if you punch their name into Spotify, it'll come up and you can listen to yep. their music. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's that's awesome. We'll do a bit of that now and again. That's really cool. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's backtrack for one second. So, Megan Clay, what did you do prior to OneDrop? Um, so, I, uh, my background is in design. Okay. So I worked as a designer on many levels, starting with industrial design. Um, so I was working on products and then I started getting a bit more technical, working on software and then started working with tech companies. So I worked for a few startups that scaled quite quickly and then I ended up consulting and then, yeah, that's what I was kind of doing before, I guess, starting my own business yeah. with Quay. Okay. I feel for you because that's my current world right now. Oh, fun. <laughs> As we speak. So so in terms of design then, was the, was the one drop, logo and all that sort of stuff. Was that, was that all you? Um, not really. Um, so I, I'm not a graphic designer. Okay, I'm yep. more, Yeah, so I started working more. UX. In, yeah, and then like higher up in strategy and things like that towards the end in consulting. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so although I very much love and can, like I definitely have my input, I wouldn't say that I do the graphic design at OneDrops. You know, I just – I heavily influence it, but we work with a team of really talented illustrators and graphic designers. And we did when we were setting up our brand initially, we had an agency develop our logo for us, with us. So that was, um, yeah, that was all part of our journey, I guess. But yeah, I guess I coordinate it. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool, cool. And Clay, obviously you were a male model. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, no, I was in construction for years. I, I was a line mechanic, so we used to work on the power lines. Yeah, okay. Um, and then wanted to get out of that. Started hustling for a bit. Um, started my own food trucking business without the truck, of course, and just had a food tent. Um, <laughs> and I was cooking pigs and lambs on the spit. Oh, nice. Did a few breweries at that time and went from there, yeah. Just a quickie to let you know how you can help spread the stories of the great people that I talk to on the show. It's all about the socials. If you like an episode, you can share my announcement of it on Instagram to your story or to your Facebook feed or even just leave a thumbs up emoji comment or maybe tag a friend. It all helps. And of course, it's all about the Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's the gold standard for helping people to discover the show. Leave a review and I'll post it on my Instagram feed. Thanks very much for your support. And so when when OneDrop 
the idea got started, were you guys sort of running two things at once for a while there? Yeah. 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 We were definitely on the hustle at that time. Yeah, okay. Um, we knew we wanted to do something together, but we weren't quite sure what it was. Yeah. And so this this whole craft beer menage a trois was uh, completed when you met Nick in Croatia, I believe, if my uh, in-depth research serves me correctly. Nick, how the hell did that happen? Uh, I'm born in the UK. Okay. And uh, as we all know from recent times, the UK is very good at kicking people out. So, <laughs> so my visa was up and I just loved Europe. So I was hunting for a job and found a bunch of English guys actually opening a brewery in, in Zagreb in Croatia. Um, so I applied and convinced them I was the man for the job. Uh, learned very quickly on the job, and we opened up uh, there early 2016, and then the three of us met in 2018, sorry, 2017. Megan Clay, you were literally visiting that brewery, were you? Yeah, so um, myself and Megan, our kids were travelling around, um, and Meg's got a Croatian background, so we were, oh, right. we were based in one of the islands in the Adriatic, and then just before we were flying out, because I was visiting the breweries and doing the beer thing, of course, there was a brewery in Zagreb that I really wanted to go to. So he, he dragged us there. It was like a Sunday and we're in Ubers. I was wondering why we're driving to the most remote industrial part of Zagreb thinking, where are you taking us? But when we arrived, the beers were awesome and Clay really wanted to speak to the head brewer. Ah. So when he went to the bar, he spoke to the creation guys behind the bar and said, hey, who do you brew? These beers are amazing. And he was wearing his greenstone, his ponamu around his neck. And then the bar guy goes to Clay, oh, you need to come back tomorrow and meet our head brewer. He's a Kiwi like you. Uh-huh. And then when he came back to the table and told me that there was an actual Kiwi brewer actually living in Croatia. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> this is, we got to, you've got to meet this guy. Like, I love it. And that was like the first sour beer I think I had in Europe that I really kind of thought, oh, this is so cool. Um, yeah, it was just cool. I love it. it was just that- a whole cool way of meeting yeah, so I ended up going back there the next day um, to meet Mick, and he gave me all of his ten minutes that he had. Um, he was a busy, he was a busy guy back then. So a Croatian and a Kiwi walked into a bar. Yeah, well, I walked into a brewery. Brewery, yeah. I was there on a Sunday, but yeah, it was the next day we went back, and I met Mick. Uh, I went back by myself because I didn't want to drag the kids and, and yeah. Mick all the way back there. And I told him what we were up to in Sydney. I said, "Look, we're we're going to open up a brewery," and he was like. All right, cool. <laughs> so excited. I'm going to try Sydney. And after that, I, he gave me some beers. I went back to our apartment we were staying. I told Meg, I said, hey, I found out he'd brew And you got absolutely blind and went straight to bed. No, he actually no. didn't say that. He said, hey, I just met our head brewer. I was like, no joke, the Kiwi guy who lives in Croatia. That's awesome. <laughs> who would have thought? Oh, that is- but, um, hey, yeah. hey, Nick, how was it from your side, mate? Were you as equally impressed with uh, Meg and Clay? I haven't met Meg and Clay. We got, we got a lot of people through the brewery. So, yeah, I guess I was just another, another person I was showing around the brewery. Yep. But it was great seeing Kiwis in, in Croatia because I think on the record there were only two of us actually working there at any one time. So... It's always good to see another Kiwi over there. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, and on the record, if he had met me that day, he'd have been super impressed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that impressed when he saw me, put it that way. <laughs> you were just another Kiwi in a foreign land, weren't you? Oh, yeah, it was like the best bit to this. Yeah. first open a brewery is like, it's awesome, it's cool, and I love it, but, yeah, it's uh, 
I reckon the best bit to this story is when we got back to Sydney, we um, we had been hunting um, the perfect warehouse around Botany for, I reckon, about 18 months, two years even, and we had a couple of duds that fell through, which was quite a painful experience, but we found the perfect place, which is our current site, and it was a dump. It was really, it was a <laughs> massive shithole. And, um, yeah, so Clay and I decided that we would sign a, you know, 20-year lease. Oh, wow. What? And, yeah, we did that. We signed the lease and then we Clay messaged Nick and um, said, hey, you know, just letting you know we've signed the lease. Don't know if you're interested in a sea change, moving closer to home, but give us a bell if you're keen. And we just kept kind of rolling on. And uh, we didn't hear back from Nick for like six weeks, I think it was. I think he was travelling India or something. Yeah. Just on Oh, ah, right. Hold on, you've got to you've got to stop there for those of people. I'm in my forties. What what does on red mean? Oh yeah, Nick, what's on red mean? Oh uh, like so you've seen the message and they've seen that you've seen the message, but oh. you know, yeah. So you're like I'm talking to someone right now and then just looking at you and walking away. It's like yeah. a it's like a double blue tick on WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, if you're over 40, you can get away with it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, you can. I don't know technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, he, yeah, he messaged one Sunday morning. Clay kind of just shoved his phone in my face after cheering, saying, oh, my God, Nick's keen. I was yeah. like, what? It wasn't quite like that. But it was just a message. Like, I found him. I found him. And then the three of us, Meg was in Shanghai. Shanghai. Clay was in Sydney, I was in Zagreb, so we managed to actually all actually digitally meet. And that's when I was like, yeah, it's the right people, right vibe. And then I don't know if Meg knows this actually, but then she, we connected on an email, then we were spoke on um, Skype. And then you emailed Clay right after, but you CC'd me in. Oh, did I? Oh, oops. I really like a piece super awesome. Let's do it. And I was like, yeah, that's sick. About the same way, and after that was just we got cracking on the project. Yeah, that away. is great. The rest of the project. Yeah, so we flew Nick over for a week. We had already kind of set up a design for how we wanted to, like, order our kit, and he came down to Sydney for a week of the end of summer. It was like April. It was a really hot week, um, and we all worked really well together in that week. We just kind of just all had the same vibe around how we wanted to work what we wanted to achieve and just getting shit done, really. First of, all, got, first of all, we got really boozed. <laughs> no. And then it was like, okay, we're cool on the bus. Sweet. Let's carry on. Do you know what? The current company I work for, back in the early days when we were only small as, as a startup, that was actually one of the steps of the recruitment process. You go oh, out. Yeah get on the beers or whatever together and you work out, can I enjoy a night out drinking with these people? If the answer is yes, you're through to the next round. Exactly. That's awesome. So can I go back to the fact that you were in Botany? Why Why did you choose there? I've had a look around that and you sort of got the airport and um, all that sort of thing. There's no other breweries in that area is, and it looks fairly industrial being out near the airport. What was the, the interest in going out there? I was born here. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So I grew up in Botany and I saw um, back in the 80s and um, I grew up here in the 90s and watched it change and um, and it always kind of was the forgotten industrial suburb when everything started changing, like, you know, Rosebury got cool and 
um, you know, the inner west started getting cool. And I was like, hey, what's wrong with Botany? Why not Botany? Yeah. Botany? Yeah, and Botany's just that little place where it still really is like a kind of community and um, just with its position as well, we still we still lived here because we had the kids and um, because there was nothing to do on a Sunday for us as a family like go to a brewery, we thought, well, if we put one here, people like us who live here would enjoy it, you know. We did it kind of for the community. You know, the pubs were one thing, but we were looking to experience another thing as a young family. And so obviously beer has brought you all together. So let's let's talk about the beers. Now, now first up, Nick, I just want to know, so you obviously were brewing in Croatia at that brewery. What was your previous brewing experience before that? Uh, I was a brewer at Four Pure in Bermondsey in London. Okay. Um, so that's where I learned, had uh, actual got hands-on experience. Before that, I was just training for the IBD yep. uh, when I was yep. living in Perth and as I was traveling. And, and so in terms of the, the types of beers that were inspiring you back when you were sort of on your on your track of, of learning the craft, what, what were they? Uh, Sierra Nevada Torpedo. Oh, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, American West Coast IPAs. Yep, man up my uh, own heart. When I got to London, my the brewery I was with and my, the Hebrew were there, um, they were kind of turning the scene a little bit upside down. So they were only brewing American-style beers, and they were the first to put their whole core range into cans uh, back in 2014, 2015. So I was just very fortunate to be part of that whole um, expansion and change in the scene there and learnt a shit ton off, uh, off him. So in terms of you know, taking your experience and, and the beers that you loved, who had the vision for the beer lineup that was going to be there to start with with One Drop? Uh, all three of us. Yeah, we all worked. Cool. Like I said earlier, we all kind of worked with the same vision, if that made sense. Yep. So all of us kind of said the same thing when we had the idea and we were discussing what the call would look like. Um, so, yeah, I guess we all kind of lined up pretty yeah. closely yeah. on the core kickoff beers. Yeah. yeah, nice. So, you know, Botany Bay Lager and the XPA, I know that they were the initial core lineup, but um, I sort of struggled to work out from your website and, you know, various you know, deep research, obviously, uh, what you actually consider your core lineup these days. I wasn't sure whether maybe the Blueberry Stout and the Stout maybe came into it or was it just really the Lager and the XPA that sort of formed that and then everything else is, you know, kind of, you know, regular releases? Um, we originally toyed with, you know, four beers. So, yeah, a sour, a dark, a hoppy, and a um, malt-driven, I guess, or lager. Yep. Yeah, that was originally, but we've we've changed a lot and grown, oh, sorry, a lot since then. So I would say our core now would be the XPA. Yeah. Um, the lager's in, in and around there. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a stout coming out into this month. Nice. Um, we're working on refining a hazy recipe. We've got a hazy that's just come out that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> if so you do say so yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those four? Yeah, those four. But then, I don't know, like the sours will always be, will always have something available. Um, fuck, there's like 12 different beers in the fridge now. Yeah. So yeah, we, we guess we kind of said Lager and XPA at the tap room, always available. Come yep. out of that, they have two beers that we love, that people are going to drink, that we want to drink all the time. Yep. And then we kind of just have core style. So there's always a sour. There's there's always a large nitro beer in there. Like we, we're always making sure those styles are there, but we're not yep. brewing the exact same. Do you see those, uh, your sour beers as, 
maybe the new gateway beer to get drinkers into the category? Um, I think we've got a few gateway beers, if you put it like that. Um, yeah. We definitely throw a lot of fruit in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like people, when, yeah, when people when people taste our sour, there's not a hint of blueberry or a hint of watermelon. Yep. It's basically mashing you in the face. Yeah, it's yeah. basically juice. That's how Nick cooks too. Apparently, it's just <laughs> absolutely love flavor. And I, uh, you know, let's like if it says something on the can, you want it to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. When we first made a sour, before we were canning, when we first opened. Um, it was a fruited passion fruit sour that um, that was just keg only, and I'm a, I'm a huge sour fan. And up until I tried that passion fruit, it was like a six point two percent passion fruit sour with like I think a, the crazy amount of two hundred grams per liter of you know puree. Where now we're doing like four hundred. Oh wow! Like back then it was crazy, and um, it was so flavorful. And the higher ABV for me was awesome because up until then I was drinking like, you know, 3% sours, which are great, and they had a hint of flavour, but I didn't really find anything that kind of was so punchy and I only had to have one before I kind of felt like, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit warm in the cheeks. Um, It was always like, you know, I don't know, I just, for me, it was just a personal favourite and a preference, something that I hadn't really found, you know, when I was trying out other breweries and stuff. So I quite liked how different it was and how unique it was. And you can get pissed off too. Okay, I was trying to say that. <laughs> I like it. I was trying to say that more elegantly. Let, but yeah. Let's sort of lump all the varying degrees of sours in terms of, you know, taste and, and strength of flavour and ABV and all mm-hmm. and styles of making them all into one sort of bucket of sours for the moment. I notice that with some of your beers you do use the word sour, kettle sour on the label. There's some that have been labelled as Berliner Weiss, which is sort of along the same lines. I'm just wondering, and I want to know what you guys think about this, is that maybe the term sour turns people off those beers slightly because, you know, often there's negative connotations, you know, whether you're sucked on a lemon as a kid or whatever, of that term sour. Would you ever consider removing that from the label and maybe just referring to them as, as your fruited range or something like that? Or is that, or you want to be true to it and use that word? No, we definitely want to use that word. We haven't. Even, we don't even think about it like that. Yeah. Hey, that's quite interesting perspective. It doesn't actually yeah. cross our mind yeah. what to call something so that it sells better um, to not offend people. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, um, you know, yeah, I guess that probably gets us into a bit of shit now and again, but, um, you know. Yeah, when no, we- it's, that's that's good. I, the reason why I asked it because I'm always going on about how I'm trying to get my wife to drink beer. And yeah. she loves sours and wild owls and those things. But initially for her, the, the word sour was got in the way a little bit until she actually tried the liquid. Now she fucking loves them. And she will try any sour that I that I've got. Uh, you know, she's a champagne and wine drinker from way back, that sort of thing. And it it really suits her palate drinking these beers. But very initially, before she sort of got past that that point, the word sour had initially turned her turned her off. I guess now people like People are a lot more educated. They know what a sour is. Um, the people who come here do anyway, and if they don't, the guys behind the bar are pretty good at educating people yep. on what it is. Yep. Um, and the, the actual design work on the cans is super sexy, so it looks, <laughs> it looks appealing too, you know, so it's, yeah. Yeah, nice. So all three of you, give me your favourite fruit addition to your beers. What do you love? Oh, I'm blackcurrant all the way at the moment. Eh? Okay. Yeah, I just tried uh, the new black currant that we put out last week, and 
really, really happy with it. Nice. Oh, I'm going to have to say the cherry. Cherry? Dark cherry, actually, from nice. the first um, dark cherry imperial sour we did in the kickoff for COVID lockdown nice. last year. That was, yeah, I still remember that one. And what about you, Nick? I'd say the passion fruit. Oh, okay. I'd say that, yeah, it's, like, awesome to work with and – you know, last year we brought we brought it back, and so first year was care only. Second, same time around nowish or February. Um, first year was keg, last year was a can, and then this year we did the double tag version. And all three times, it just it ties into the lacto bacillus. We it just ties into the beer so well. I love working with it. No one mentioned raspberries. Um, whole yeah, just hold the phone. There's something, there's something coming. I was going to say maybe they're too expensive to ship them up from Tassie, where you get the world's best raspberries from Westerway. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't heard too expensive. Um, worry, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it work. Uh, um, but no, I'm like so raspberries. We haven't used no. Okay, not as yet. Cheesecake. Oh, yeah. So we use them in the raspberry cheesecake nitro. Oh, okay. But, um, not in the kind of dosing we would use in like a double take. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, nice. Uh, is there any fruit that you regret using? <laughs> yeah, so there's a type of mango. Um, oh, sorry, the type of processing mango we got from our supplier, which another brewery um, also got, and we both hate it with a passion. <laughs> um, wax processed is it's everything's thrown in, so you get the whole skin and you oh. get a bitterness to it, yeah. um, which was on a beer we released just for Christmas. But uh, our mango milkshake and other mango beers, we tend to use a more expensive product, but it tends to be the cheeks and flesh only. And it's a far more like sorbet type mango. So hasn't got that bitterness. Yeah, there's none of that pithy bitterness that tends to hang around right at the back. Um, so it's. I'm going to answer your question half of it and say the old mango we used to use. Yep. No, that's okay. Yeah. What about uh, in terms of moving forward? Is it is it fruited beers all the way for you guys from now on? Because you've had some success with them. Um, we always have a fruited sour available, and we've had a lot of success playing with this new fruit and flower series or the Belenovice series, um, which was inspired from our collab with our original collab and the original Belenovice with Cascade. Yes. Um, I drank that. Was in the. Was that in the Carlin box. Yes. Yep. Beautiful. Um, and we just loved the kind of smaller ABV, and then when we kind of moved on from there, using uh, a flower aspect to um, blend with the with the flavour and kind of elevate both. Um, that was awesome. Uh, it was Meg's. Meg was like, "I want to use elderflower." I was like, "Sweet, peach will go well with that. Let's Ooh. give it a go." And it just it tasted great. It sold well. It was perfect for spring, summer. Um, oh. And we kind of continued down that path of using both flowers and, and fruits. Yeah, so. my, my wife would be all over the elderflower combination. She just loves that. Just loves yeah, it. Cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Nick. I also read that you're a massive fan of lagers, probably from your your time in uh, European region. And yep. I even heard you like to replicate the water profiles from certain European cities when you when you're brewing. Is that correct? That is correct. That's top secret information. Yeah. It's top really sensitive. <laughs> hey, look, nah. I, I told you I'm detailed. I go deep on the research. <laughs> How much of a difference does it make in your beers? Um, so I think the fact that we use RO water is a testament to that. Sydney water is gorgeous yep. um, and fairly easy to brew with. When I came on board playing Megal with um, an absolute brewing titan, and he even he questioned why we get an RO unit, and it's just that extra bit of control you have over a lager yes. um, or any of the beers really. 
And the water profile is so massive in a lager because there's, there's not a lot to muddle the flavors no. or the crispness or whatever you're going to use. Yep. Uh, sorry, whatever you're going to, um, whatever your final, final type of beer you're going for is. Um, so with a lager where you're, everything's quite on display um, and water being such a massive ingredient, we really just want to get that right. So in terms of, it's like I'm a home brewer, I'm pretty crap, but there are we other home brewers listening who are probably starting to to dabble in the whole idea of water chemistry. What's your yep. What's your biggest piece of advice you could give them? <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, either get on our you know, or buy distilled water and build your profile up from scratch. Yep. Don't try and adjust the water you've already got. If you want to take it seriously, if you really, really want to take your water seriously, just go and get complete plain water. And build it from scratch. Hey, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you did a collab with Cascade for the Carbon Box, which I enjoyed. Sensational. Yep. Uh, you've also done one with Deeds and, and Deep Creek. I've probably missed a few. There's probably more. What is it about collabs that you love? Uh, beer and friendship, my man. My man. Beer and friendship. Yep, that's what uh, makes uh, this whole thing go round, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, I think we we tend to like to collaborate with people that we can learn off, and not just beer, but yep. everything. So with the design aspect, the approach to beer, the approach to business. Um, but for me personally, uh, yeah, learning learning off other brewers who I actually admire and and and, and hope that they can learn some stuff off us. I like it. I like it. Have you have you got anything lined up in the future that you're allowed to talk about? Or yeah, yeah, we're re-releasing the Percola, uh well, um, Pemesuve because it was quite popular. So a big stout um, yep. with our friends over in Estonia, um, and there's a few in the pipeline which we can't really talk about. Oh, you can. <laughs> you can but you won't no that's fair enough that's fair. well let's talk about something that you are allowed to talk about and that's right. that's the venue um so as we said you were the first in the botany area and i think you're still the only one and i was just sort of wondering what kind of venues did you draw inspiration from when you were coming up for the design um we are not the only one we've got slow land just around the corner from us oh well they didn't show up on google maps today they need to get their Google stuff sorted, eh? Yeah. <laughs> They've only just opened. That'd be so long. They've been brewing there for a while, um, but their venue's only just opened up recently. Well, um, yeah. So inspiration in terms of our venue, I guess uh, it'd be hard to say. We enjoyed, like, um, all the ven- – I don't know if you've seen our venue or been down to yeah. our venue, but we've got a lot of plants. It's really open, breezy. Nice. Um, the brewery's kind of, like, set up so that you're walking – through it and past it and you feel like you're in it as opposed to it being kind of shoved down the back. It's a huge part of the experience when you come here. Yeah, we often get people coming and say it feels like they're sitting in the brewery and they're part of the working mechanics. So it's Yeah, and cool. so, I mean, we spent a bit of time down in Melbourne and I really liked um, Bodrigi and oh, yes. Stomping Ground. Yes, I was going to say Stomping Ground. Like yeah. all the plants and yep. just – the feeling of it being just a really nice kind of space to enjoy a quality-made product. Um, Grifter was probably another place I got a little bit of inspiration out yeah, of. Um, just sitting around there, really good feels to the place prior to opening this. Um, so, yeah, they would be definitely up there. I hear you've got a pretty sweet beer garden. Yeah, it's all good. does a trick. Love, love a beer garden. They, they seem to have disappeared from Tasmania. Yeah, okay. I love so we've, um, we've recently put a, a Bob Marley mural. Oh, in nice. Our so, and a, like and a, a big-ass fire pit. And a, yeah, in the winter 
time. We've got a nice fire pit. Awesome. And- yeah, it goes good. So do you only play reggae music in the venue? Mostly. Mostly, but no, we, we dabble in and out of a bit of R&B here and there and some alternative stuff sometimes. What are you brew to? Reggae. All reggae? Yeah. Funk and soul, dub, um, sometimes Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> of course, naturally. <laughs> tool, a lot of tool. Tool, okay. Around, yeah. Yeah, nice. It's a good sound system. It's it's pretty sweet to crack. That's cool. And what about um, food for the punters? I, I think initially you start off with food trucks. Is that eventually going to be so kick to the side and have your own food offering? Oh man, yeah. food's another another beast, day. Eh? So it's another level, isn't it? Yeah, probably probably not at this stage. The food trucks love coming here. They provide a really good service. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty happy with where they're at the moment. Yeah, nice. To be honest, because um, Botany's um, kind of not really developed hugely in the food scene. We've got some cool places, um, but if you live here, you kind of appreciate the variety of the brewery as well. Constantly having a different yeah, food cool. truck in. So if you're a local, you come down one weekend, you can easily come back the next weekend because there'll be different food at least, and you won't feel like you've just had the same thing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, we, we talked, obviously you've got another brewery in the area now, but when I wrote these questions, there was uh, no other breweries that I could find on Google Maps in your area. So I was actually wondering, you know, when you talk to, you know, I took my friends in, in Marrickville that run some of those breweries, it's always like uh, if we need something, there's another person down around the road who's got a bag of malt or a kilo of hops or whatever. What, what do you guys do and, and what are the relationships like you've been forming in, in the overall greater Sydney area? Yeah, I mean, we the, the industry's I think, synonymous with that stuff, like, Anytime um, we need, we run out, or someone else, we're there to provide for them, and they're there to provide for us. And if they can't, they'll put us in the right direction. And yeah, we, we've got between here and, and your friends in the west, there's a, quite a few breweries opening up, and um, you know we're, we're trying to get around and say hi to as many people as we can. But everyone's always also busy brewing. So who uh, who would be your you know your your mentors or who have you sort of confided in the most in, in terms of breweries around your area? Um, so when, when Clay and I were kind of gathering all the information that we could for a site and groundworks and licensing papers, all that sort of stuff, we spent quite a bit of time um, with Glenn, one of the owners at the Grifter, and oh, yeah. he was very... He was yeah. very, very generous with his time. Nice. So, um, yeah, so we sat down with him and, you know, as another Kiwi, he was really supportive and just was like, <laughs> these guys are crazy. <laughs> but uh, super nice. Yeah. And then um, we also spent, you know, during those early days, um, we spent a bit of time with Bruce Peachy, who um, he's a consultant and, you know, he's kind of got a lot of experience. He, he, yeah, he's been in the game for a very, very he's long just, time. He's just a legend. Um in, you know, brewing, in brewing and outside yep. of brewing as well. Um, and then when we got up and running, it's all our local friends, I guess, the Frenchies crew in Rosebury. Yep. They've, yeah. always, they've always lent, you know, stuff. Yeah, we've always shared hops and stuff. Um, it's always borrows our lager thing. Filter. No, he's got to fill it out. Oh, he's got to fill it out. <laughs> um, yeah, like the back guys, um, someone who's a local and I guess all three of us really like rely on quite a bit to start was um, Andrew Tweedle. Oh, yeah. Um, Andrew, Four Pines. head brewer oh, yeah. at Four Pines, is a yep. botany local. Oh, cool. And our biggest customer. <laughs> 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 um, In general, how, how good is the craft beer community that you are effectively, you know, collaborating with your competitors? I love it. We yeah. don't even see them as competitors. Everyone's yeah. just like, no, And that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone does their own thing. I think there's enough room and enough space for everyone like to just it, yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, 
and and everyone seems to be doing really well. So it's it's always good. Let's uh, let's move on to the news of the day or of the week or whatever. Your uh, small batch liqueurs that you've been spruiking of late. Do you have big plans for this distillery to you know run at the same size or you know be equal to the to the brewery at some stage? Um, we see it more as a sub brand. So um, if you've watched over the last year. Um, just how quickly we change and yeah. put out new releases. We kind of got addicted to the creative process. <laughs> I would say all three of us love a project. We just love coming up with, you know, new beers, new ingredients, new labels, new designs, and then new problems. Uh, new problems. <laughs> and, then new, um, and then when COVID happened, we really kind of, well, we were forced to see just how much, you know, what we were made of and what our strengths were because we kind of brought everything to the table. And in doing that, Nick landed a still from um, one of the locals who had one sitting around. Hold on, hold on. He he landed? Does that, does that mean like he stole it or he, he won it in a poker game? or <laughs> came, from the, came from the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It was all legit though. Yeah. Oh, good. And, um, and we used that to make hand sanitizer. Oh, so yeah, okay. Nick. Nick just managed to make gin too. Oh, <laughs> gin, so what recipe, and then and then the funniest yeah. thing was we had a staff party. Nick sits down next to me, and goes, "Hey, I've got to tell you something. I just wanted to wait for the right opportunity." I was like, "What?" <laughs> when you're drunk, <laughs> and then he said, "So you know how? Um, yeah, he, uh, wanted some professional feedback on on my first batch gin, so I sent it off to the Australian Gin Awards." Oh, get out. And I uh, got a silver medal. <laughs> oh, I did see that on your on your uh, your shop today. Yeah, good start. It's a good start. But that gave us the confidence to go. Let's 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 get into something. Do this. And yeah, we yeah. and we all mutually love um, liqueurs, and you know we're, we've always got a stash out the back, right? So yeah. every time we're having drinks, Nick will come out with like a Croatian pear liqueur or oh. a herb liqueur that we we all enjoy from our time in Croatia. So, that, we, yeah, so we were kind of interested in that area, nice. and then yeah. and then from that, all the fruit that we started using at yep. increased amounts were just getting chucked yep. away. So it gave us an opportunity to start planning how we can reuse some of that waste and also produce something that we all jointly love. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of happened that way and we had unused office space downstairs and upstairs that we converted into like a miniature version of what people love at our brewery. They walk in, they see something that's craft made, they see where it's made and then they've got a really nice space to come and try it and enjoy it and, you know, really kind of get So you've got like a, a gin tasting room and then the brewery. Is that sort of how it works? Yeah. yeah, cool. So we have a gin tasting room and a liqueur tasting room upstairs where we prepare what we make in our distillery downstairs. And you can kind of see everything as you're walking up. You, you know, our steel's there. It's a beautiful copper pot custom steel that, um, that's all lit up. So when you walk upstairs, you can see everything on your way up. So it's very much an engaging experience. That's unreal. Hey, Nick, I'm, I'm of Ukrainian descent, not Croatian, but Ukrainian descent. And my grandfather, who came out to Australia in about 1945, used to make this thing with pears and used to call it Slivovitz. Have you, yeah. you know that? Yeah. Croatia too. Yeah. Oh my god, that used to. I remember when I was like eighteen and going to parties and stealing it from the the big flag and that my dad had, and I did it on his um his blackwood chest one time and spilt it on there. It just clean stripped all the varnish off the blackwood. 
still drinking at younger than 18. Okay, I, meant to, I meant to, you know, keep it all legal here, but, yeah, it was probably about 15. <laughs> and you know what? It was so strong that you couldn't, you know, you'd mix it with uh, raspberry concentrate, you know, like Cotty's raspberry cordial concentrate, and you just couldn't taste any of the raspberry. It was so strong. Oh, that stuff will evaporate faster than you can drink it, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> it's unreal. Crazy stuff. Did you ever go to any uh, places in Croatia where you got to taste the, the local fare of that sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot on the Dalmatian coast. Come over for a barbecue and then you drink far more sugar than you would actually eat meat. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> right. way. Hey, so, I mean, you, Nick, you've been successful with your beer, obviously, and you've been successful with your gin. Which is harder, brewing or distilling? Um, I love that question. Uh, distilling. Distilling because there's so many unknowns. I'm pretty confident in brewing now, but okay. distilling, even though I did a bit of study and I've got some really good uh, mentors around us at the moment, um, yeah, there's still a few unknowns, you know? So it's exciting, but also scary. So, so Clay and Meg, if, uh, if one day Nick came to you and said, I love making uh, gin and the liqueurs more than I like making the beer, what would you do? Keep doing more of what you love. Basically, you'd be okay with bringing on maybe another brewer to take over that side, so you can concentrate on making these cool new oh, alcohols. When usually, when anyone comes to us or goes to anyone, like um, we're very honest with what we love doing, and we actually encourage and promote that people who come here are here because they love doing what they do. So when you know when Nick and he has come in the past and said, "Oh, you know, I really like doing this," we're like, "Okay, cool, let's like do more of that then." And you know, and then we could get support in the things that become, I guess, more, yeah, just the, the things that are his passion can go to yeah. someone else who has that passion. So. We've, we've, got, we've got some good staff too now coming through yeah. the ranks. Um, yeah. Paddy's come on board and he's been a breath of fresh air. Uh, Nick's been helping him along. So he will eventually one day step into some sort of, you know, management role. In the, in the brewery. There's so much growth yeah. happening at One Drop that there's room for everyone to do what they love and we're so supportive of that. That is awesome. There was a wise uh, Seattle-based um, philosopher that once said, his name was Macklemore, he said, uh, don't try to change the world, find something that you love and do it every day. Do exactly. That for the rest yeah. of your life. Uh, yeah, so, from that white rapper. But uh, I like, yeah. I like <laughs> that you, you've taken that mantra on from just a different type of music, but it still can exist in the reggae world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess when you look back at how we started the whole thing from the beginning, I mean, Clay and I were the first to just say we don't really love, you know, the consulting, the construction, the food trucking. Um, so we had to kind of stop doing that and allow space to do more of what we loved. And yeah. from that we found out, you know, we started to learn more about what we loved, and then started doing more of it. And but it, was, it wasn't necessarily beer either. It was, it was. Uh, we wanted to provide a space that people could come and enjoy. Um, <clears throat> that range from the feeling from walking through the doors to the products that they had behind the bar. Yeah. So, and being being so like Botany proud, I wanted Botany to be on the map <laughs> to something that's just why not? Really yeah. yeah. I wanted I wanted Botany people to be proud of yeah. I love that. That was coming out of Botany and I wanted people around, you know, Australia to know that, hey, there's a brewery in Botany. They're That's doing awesome. really good stuff. And, and I just, yeah, I guess I'm Botany proud, Botany hardcore. Oh, I, I can totally relate to that, Meg, because I'm, I'm the same with Hobart. I've, I'm Hobart born and raised, uh, never, yeah. never lived. And I love the fact when, you know, people in Hobart or businesses in Hobart are successful because it's just a real yeah. sort of pride, isn't it? Yeah. 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 
we went to, we went to a Lenny Kravitz concert in Hobart. Oh, I was there. I was there, and it was when um, Wolf Mother opened up, didn't they? Yeah, we were there with the cranberries as well. Yeah, how good was that? Oh. That was my first time in Hobart, and because I, I we missed them in Sydney, and I was like, "Fuck, we got to see this." Oh. Meg, Meg was like full pregnant. She anyway. would have been frothing to see him. Like my my wife didn't come with me. She loves Lenny Kravitz. Oh, every yeah, every dude wanted to it's be him, and every chick just exactly. Wanted. That's the thing, isn't it? I've heard that before about him. That's unreal. Oh, I had such a great. I went by myself. I didn't even care. I was. I loved it. Sitting next to us. I know. I was down in the mosh pit area. Okay, no. with all the chips. <laughs> with, with everybody. Here's this forty-year-old bloke. Or I don't know what I was at the time. Mid thirties, late thirties, whatever. And on his own, just just loving himself, sick, dancing to Lenny Kravitz. Oh god, that was great. <laughs> so good, so good. Hey guys, I feel like we could sit around and chat forever this afternoon. This has been one of my most favourite podcasts of late. It's been unreal. Uh, but I'm. One of our first podcasts, I think that we've done. Well, thank you for thank you for being being part of it. I've loved it. But the unfortunate reality for me is that I do have a real job still in the uh, the software world, and I'm currently sitting in my office podcast um, suite uh, during my lunch hour, and I need to get back to work. So I, I don't want to cut us off because I'd love to keep going. But what I just wanted to know is, like, obviously, there's so much stuff going on with with you guys um, right now and into the future from each of you. Which is the one thing that you're excited about for the coming year? New sales guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got help in sales yep. coming up. Yeah, we've got so. a gun salesman coming, thank God, because I'm real shit at it. You've done well thus far. You've done a good job. Oh, so we've got, um, yeah, we've got someone who's experienced in sales who's an awesome guy, really fits our vibe. We've already been drunk with him. He's mean. He's awesome. So um, he starts, at, yeah, at the end of this month. Seconds. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, we're. Sure uh, um, so we said we want a project. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna bunch of bells on the way. A bunch of what? Bells. Oh, really? Oh, so nice. Working with a specific supplier who's also a Cooper, and they're doing some very cool custom stuff for us. So the sooner we get to share that with the world. Hopefully this year. So, will uh, you be barrel aging your fruited sours in there, or are you going to go with the dark beers, or both? I can't say anything else. Oh, oh come on! Oh, wow, it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good on you. <laughs> we distillery now also too. Distillery, oh yes, of course. Oh so, yeah, okay. Oh whiskey, maybe. Oh, look at just love booze, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? How good is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's exciting times, guys. I'm so glad we finally got a chance to have a chat because, uh, you know, from from afar, uh, it's been really interesting to see what you guys have been up to, guys and girls, I should say, been up to for the last couple of years. It's I, I love what you're doing. I, I said I've had a few of your beers and I've, I've really enjoyed them, especially that uh, the collab from the Carwin Cellars um, box. Yeah. That was awesome. So, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to see what, uh, what you do in the future and um, – I'll be making sure to pick up a couple of the sales when your new sales guy gets your beers into Tasmania more and I can share them with yeah. my wife. How does that sound? Sounds, Sounds awesome. good. When Sounds are you good. coming to Sydney to visit the taproom? Well, it's funny. I So you might know my mate um, Dave from Akasha. Have you? Yeah. yeah. So Dave does a podcast with me and another guy called Ben Miller. We do a, a bit of a sort of a homebrewing focus kind of one oh, and cool. uh, we have plans to do a collaboration, but they got absolutely squashed twice by um, by COVID. Uh, we yeah. had planned to do it on the Australia Day weekend, but we got we got yeah, knocked on the head with that. So at some stage, if that happens, I'm going to do that. 
And I thought I might have to take a cheeky little uh, trip down into Botany and come and see you guys. Because yeah, make sure you do any of the carvings. Let's. Right near the airport, but there's no excuse not to. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you are. That's awesome. So let's let's make it happen. But uh yeah, thanks again for your time today. This has been great. I, I wish we could have seen each other on the video for the whole time because it would have been even better. But uh this is good enough. It's been a great chat. Uh so uh, cheers to great beers. Cheers, cheers Chris. Thanks, Chris, mate. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have an interesting beer story and want to be a guest on the Beer Healer interviews, send me a message via my Facebook page. And once again, if you want to help out the show, a simple rate and review on Apple Podcasts or a follow, like or share on any other podcast service will do the trick. I'll catch you soon.